Amen. Really, um, this is what church is, you know, of people just lifting up prayer and songs to God. It's not about just Pastor Andy or myself just talking up here. It's every single one of us bringing something in worship and in declaring the goodness of God. And that's what we've done this morning. And, um, and we cannot give up doing that. And we cannot give up doing that here, but we cannot give up doing that, as Andy mentioned earlier, tomorrow. We cannot give up praising God on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays. It's, it's not all about a Sunday. It's not all about a Sunday. And um, God is not only moving as we gather together here, but is also moving in your day tomorrow. We believe that. And... Um, You'll be very pleased to know I'm not going to speak for long this morning. Um, I'm tag team, tag teaming, tag team. So I'm just going to share a few things, and then um, the boss is going to take over. So um, yeah, and I just want to remind us and encourage us of what we are a part of. Um, you know, as the family of God, as followers of Jesus, um, what are we part of? We we're part of. The greatest story ever. That's good, isn't it? Because of what God has done for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And it's all found through what Jesus has done on the cross. And we are part of the greatest story, but also we are part of the great commission. We are part of the Great Commission. So that story of ours is not just to be kept hidden, but it is to be shared. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. And um, I just want to encourage us this morning to not be afraid. Maybe that fear is coming into this a little bit. I have no idea. Maybe to not be afraid to shine your lights for Jesus. Remember that song, This Little Light of Mine? I'm going to let it shine. What a classic. We've got to do that, though, don't we? We've got to, this little light of mine, you know, we might feel quite small, but in us, something's really powerful there. Jesus is in us. And we've got to share that wherever we go. And we don't need to be weird about it, because we can be a bit weird about it, can't we, sometimes? If we're being honest, you know, there's the, the way that we do things, it can just come across weird. We can put people off, all that kind of stuff. We don't need to be weird about sharing Jesus. Sometimes it's just about being more like Jesus. It's just like being more like him. And that's what I'm striving for above everything else, above everything that I do, you know, above my, my work, above my ministry here, above my family. I've got to remember the most important thing in my life, it's Jesus. He's got to be first and I've got to keep on being more like him because if, I'm, if I stop trying to be more like him, I'm falling away from him. And that's what the enemy wants. But as I be more like him, I'm being also a witness to people around me. Being a witness without even realizing it sometimes. I want you to know that you're being a witness. But you might not be aware of how much of a witness you are being in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, in your communities. God is all over your life. And as people see you, they see Jesus. We need to remind ourselves of that. As you are in conversations with people, 
People are not just in conversation with you, but because Christ lives in me, they're in conversation with Jesus. And people need to know about our faith. I really struggled at school. Some of you, you might remember um, me sharing a few stories. I had it tough at school being a, being a believer. But, you know, it, all ca- it came up quite quickly because all this conversation, oh, what does your dad do? And I'm like, oh, man. You know, my dad's a police officer. My dad's a fireman. My dad works in the bank. My dad's in finance, all that kind of stuff. Oh, Dan, what does your dad do? Well, he's a pastor. He's a what? <laughs> he works with pastor. No, no. Good one. Uh, I just said vicar, you know, it made more sense. You know, he works in the church. Oh, so you believe in God? Yeah. <laughs> but from that moment, I had it tough because I was like, I felt I was the only one in school who believed in God. I was a bit different. And then we had a class assembly when the teacher goes, who believes in Jesus? And I'm like, oh, do you really have to go there? <laughs> really? And uh, people around me are looking at me, giving these looks like, you do. And I'm like, Andrew, yeah, kind of. And um, I found it really tough. But I look back, and as I reflect now to this day, and I don't wish anything was any different. If anything, I wish I was more confident in who I was then. But I don't wish that anything was different in terms of, of... Shine away from my faith. I'm glad those kids knew I believed to this day. Because even though I wasn't maybe that confident, even though they knew my faith, I was still speaking Jesus. You can still speak Jesus as people just know that you have a faith. (laughs) And um, it might not have impacted my mates or anything, but I, I believe today that they remember I was that kid at school. Oh, he believed in God, even to this day. And we cannot give up journeying with our friends. We cannot give up journeying with our uh, colleagues at work because I believe there are God moments to come for your life with the, the conversations that you have with your friends. And um, I believe Jesus is coming. I believe Jesus is coming in your conversations I believe Jesus is coming for our city. I believe Jesus is coming for your streets. I believe Jesus is coming in your workplace. I believe Jesus is coming in your neighborhoods. I believe Jesus is coming in your home. I believe that because I believe Jesus is living in you. And Jesus is coming, in, uh, coming to those places through you. And I want you just to remind you of that this morning. That Jesus Christ is living and breathing inside of you, and he needs to be shared. It needs to be spoken about. It cannot just be kept hidden. We cannot be comfortable here on a Sunday. It's amazing what we do here. It's amazing as two or three are gathered that we just worship the Lord in prayer, in praise, but it cannot be kept here. The church is not just here. The church is also way out there, and we are to shine the light of Jesus. The last words Jesus gave to his disciples before he ascended to heaven, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. I love these final words as he leaves and surely I am with you always. That's comforting, isn't it? 
The very last words Jesus leaves on earth, and surely I'm with you always. I am with you always. I am with you in all those conversations. I am with you in your workplaces. I am with you in your communities, in your streets, in everything. I am with you always. God is not absent from your life. He is very much present. And it's a, it's a command he gives to his disciples. You know, it's not like, if you feel like it, go and, go and tell your mates, go and tell the, the villages, go and tell the streets. It's a command. He gives a command. That means we've got to do it. <laughs> it we've got to do it. And, um, and Jesus is all over your life. And I want you to just be filled with courage and with bold, boldness to live out that child of God in your life. To live more like him because people will see Jesus through you. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. The glory of the Lord is all over your life. The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ is all over your life and people need to see it. Let your light shine. Matthew 5, 14, Jesus says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Today, as we know, is um, Palm Sunday, and it's the day when Jesus enters Jerusalem, days just before he's betrayed, he's put on trial, mocked, beaten, and put to death on a cross. And as Jesus approaches that road into Jerusalem, it is recorded in the Gospel of Luke 19, from verse 37 to 38, that the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. The disciples wanted Jesus to be heard. They wanted Jesus to be seen. Um, the person of Jesus Christ filled their hearts over the years as they journeyed more with him, as they heard his teaching, as they heard, saw him do miracles. They were filled with the presence of Jesus, and they just couldn't contain it. They were filled with joy, but unaware of what was to come a few days later. This moment right here, this day, it was the triumphal entry. And while followers... Disciples praised Jesus. It is recorded in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus wept. Jesus wept for the city of Jerusalem. Verse 41 in, in uh, Luke 19, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus wept for the city because they did not know, they did not recognize the Messiah that was coming into their lives right now. They missed the, the leaders, the teachers, many people who were, there were many people who were joyfully praising God. But as Pastor Andy shared, there was also many people who were not realizing that God was entering into their city. And they missed that this was the day the Lord had made. They missed that. They were missing that. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it, Psalm 118, 24. Some of our friends 
Some of our family, some of our work colleagues are missing the day of the Lord right now. They are missing the day of the Lord. And God's heart is still for the lost. God's heart is still for the broken. It's still for those who are spiritually blind. It's those who are spiritually dead. God is still chasing after that one friend of yours. He is still chasing after that one family member of yours. He has not given up on them, so we cannot give up on them. Each day that is given to us is a gift. Quote from Pastor Dave Aylin. Each day is a gift. And each day is given to help us to be more like Jesus. And it is given to reflect Jesus wherever we go. How can we make the most of our day of living for him? We don't know when our day is up. We don't know when our friend's day is up. How can we give our everything in the day that we are living? How can we give our everything when we are stacking shelves in that, in that store? How can we give our everything when we are behind a desk in an office? Some of us might be getting bored of work right now. I got a moment like that when I worked for the range. You won't believe the range. <laughs> but I was getting frustrated. I mean, it was, I quite enjoyed it because it was like I was on the seasonal slash furniture department. Um, <laughs> And um, it was basically a group of lads causing havoc on the, on the top floor. And it was our five-a-side team as well, it just so happened that way. Um, it was a good laugh. But as I was stacking shelves and stuff, I, I, do, I did feel like, God, is this what you want me to do right now? And um, I feel like there's something more you want to do for my life. And, you know, God was saying, yeah, I do want you here right now. Because I've got a purpose for you right now. Oh God, I don't really see the purpose. I don't really see what you're doing in my life. But it's those friendships I'm having with those guys on the top floor. It's those guys I'm playing football with. Those guys back then, I'm still having a journey with right now today. You know, and so like a few years later after I leave the range and I catch up with them and they're like, what do you do now? Oh, well, I'm a pastor. Are you a what? Yeah, I believe in God. Uh, you, you knew I believe in God, but I've kind of just gone into, into the ministry in the church. And then they're like, wow, that's cool. I was like, well, I guess so. <laughs> but we cannot give up journeying with our friends. Live in the now and stay in the now. Stay in the present. Open your eyes to what God is doing now. We can sometimes think, what's happening next? God, what are you doing next? What is God doing now? What is God doing right now in the conversations, in the journey that you are having with your friends? Jesus is living in you now, so live in the now. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. God is all over your life. We don't need to look far. God is using you right where you are. God is using you right where you are. And you might feel, well, I'm not qualified, I'm not equipped, I don't feel like I've got it in me. I want to say you do have it in you this morning. Christ lives in you. We can get, get um, caught up, I need, I need some special training, I need to have this, I need to have that. You know, that, that command that Jesus gave was not just for disciples in Matthew 28. That command Jesus gave was not just for pastors. It wasn't just for evangelists. It wasn't just for apostles, teachers. It's for everyone. 
who follow Jesus. Go and make disciples of all nations. You are a part of it. You are very much a part of it. Do not give up sharing Jesus. Do not give up speaking Jesus wherever you go. And it's just being all that he has called us to be. Love. It's just being love. And we love because he first loved us. It's the way that we behave. It's our attitude. How can we bring peace into someone's life whose life is restless? You know, how can we bring hope into someone's life who is feeling helpless? You know, we want people to see Jesus by just looking into our life, being curious by the ways that we are living. We need to try and catch people's thought of Christ. We need to try and catch people's heart on Christ. How can we do that in our workplaces? It's the way that we respond. It's the way that we talk. It's the language that we use. It's how we just be, love, be more like him. And God gives you beautiful opportunities. Madeline, uh, she doesn't mind me sharing this story. Um, But I just want to encourage you that there are beautiful God moments to come in your conversations that you're having. I really believe that. So I say keep on journeying with those friends, your family members, keep on praying. I think that's so important. We've got to keep on praying for our streets, keep on praying for our communities and our friends. Do not give up praying for your friends. And there's, uh, there's testimonies in our church building of people who have uh, prayed for their friends for so many years and they're here today. Amazing. Do, prayer is powerful. Do not give up on prayer. Because God answers. God, and it might not answer right now, but it might answer for years to come. And it's still worth it. So do not give up praying. Maddie was praying for her friend and, uh, who doesn't know the Lord. And she's been journeying with her for many years uh, from university. And uh, a beautiful moment. She doesn't know the Lord yet. And uh, we're still keeping on journeying. But there was a beautiful moment on her wedding day where her friend asked Maddie, before I walk down the aisle, can you pray for me? Wow, there are beautiful God moments to come in your story. And we don't need to be weird about it. We just need to journey with people and say, how are you today? How can I help you today? How can I help you today? You know, I'm praying for you in this moment. You know, our neighbors in lockdown, our neighbors were going through... um, a difficult time, they were going through cancer, they are going through cancer treatment, one of our neighbours, and, you know, it was, all, all we did was go around with beer and wine, <laughs> just give them that, and say, look, we're thinking of you, and we're praying for you. The cancer was gone a few years later. People just need to know about your faith, and there are beautiful God mo- moments to come, and there are opportunities here to invite them to hear the gospel the good news of Jesus, baptisms next week. Invite them to hear stories, powerful stories of what God has done in their life. Keep on journeying with your friends. Let's continue to be all that he has called us to be. All that he has called us to be. This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's not allow our friends and neighbors and colleagues to miss the day of the Lord. Keep on being all that he has called us to be. Let's just be love. We don't need to be strange about it. We just need to open our eyes and know that the kingdom of God is very near. The kingdom of God is in our streets. It's next door. It's in our homes. It's in our workplaces. It's in our communities. Open your eyes. Live in the now. 
God is doing something right now. And Pastor Andy is going to kind of follow on from this as, um, as he gets into something, something. I don't know what he's getting into, but it's something. See how we weaved in the, uh, the notices there, baptisms next week and everything like that. I told you notices were going to be a bit strange. God's, God's so strategic, we, we miss him so many, many times. But there's nothing of coincidence in our lives. God is at work all the time, all the time in our lives. And sometimes you can be reading the Bible and God speaks to you. Sometimes you could be doing something other than reading the Bible and God can really speak to you. He's really, really strategic. I was reading an article about Cuba. And um, when the Cuban Revolution took place, Cuba was rife with crime. And it took two years for Fidel Castro to eradicate crime in Cuba, which sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? But when he was asked, how did you eradicate crime in Cuba? Fidel Castro said, well, I put a street pasta on every street. Oh, that sounds amazing. A street pasta on every street. And that eradicated crime. And then you start to read a little bit more about how crime was eradicated and how those street pastas went about it. And it was pretty brutal. Pretty nasty. You know, if you were causing havoc, stealing, whatever, you got kneecapped. You got shot. You got beaten up. And it was all pretty gruesome. But when I was reading this article, God suddenly spoke to me. It's a bit strange, like talking about some communist hero. But God spoke to me. And God said, what's the redeemed version of this? You know, if, it even happened in Northern Ireland, didn't it? You know, if the IRA can put henchmen on every street to start influencing that street, what's the redeemed version of that? Why am I living on Kettleston Road? Why are you living where you are? I've only lived there for a year and a half. You might have lived where you live 20-odd years, 30-odd years. Who knows? God is strategic and specific. You didn't choose your house because you liked the bay windows. You chose your house because the Holy Spirit had it ordained before you even knew about it. You live next door to Mr. and Mrs. Smith for more than will you put the bins out next week because we're going away. You live on your street because God is specific and strategic. And we have a database. Data is funny, isn't it? Because data is very, very valuable in our day and age. You know, we think that we're posting pictures of our coffee and our breakfast and whatever on, on Facebook. And we think it's just a way of connecting with people. But you know what? The people who invented Facebook and all the social media, why they invented it? Because they want to know what you're into. Because that's a way to sell you stuff. That's big business. And data is big business and it's very valuable. And, you know, we as Christians, we're a bit naive. Sometimes we're a bit slow. And we don't sort of like see the value in stuff like that. That's stuff of the world. But we've got a database in church. 
and it's called Church Suite. And I really, really encourage you to do it, not because I want to sell you stuff, <laughs> but it's really, really interesting when you start to look at where we all live in our city and beyond. So if Vic can show us that first picture, right, that's Derby and beyond. We have a posse. Who's the posse from Burton? Yeah, quite a few of you. Yeah, there you go. Who's the posse from Hilton? There's an increasing posse from Hilton. Okay. Can we just use the next slide, Vic, and just zoom in a little bit? Okay. That's interesting. That's us as a church in the city of Derby and the areas outside. It's not just us as individuals. Actually, every red dot represents a household, a family. Why has God placed you there? Just zoom in again. Vic, on the next slide. Why has God placed us in Alveston? Why has God put us in Chatterston, in Alastry, in Kilburn? Why has God put us there? What's God doing? What's that all about? You know, it's interesting. When Jesus went into those streets riding on that colt, even in that moment, that street was transformed. People started shouting and singing, Hallelujah, Hosanna. Maybe before, there was all sorts going on in that street. Maybe there's buying the selling. Maybe there was pickpocketing. Who knows? But Jesus transformed that street. And I think, well, we think Jesus can transform your street. And we think that Jesus has put us on our streets and our roads, and in, if you're posh and you live on an avenue, <laughs> God's placed you there for a specific reason. What are we doing about that? What are we doing about that? Are we praying? Are we praying for our street? This is not a program or anything like that. It's not an initiative or anything like that. It's just a, a revelation, if you like, of who we are as a church and what's the potential of the faith that is amongst us? You know, Corinthians chapter 10 says, our weapons are not the weapons of the world. God has given us prayer when other people have guns and spears and knives and all kinds of things. But our weapons are prayer. Our weapons are love. Our weapons are truth, kindness, gentleness, meekness and God's places on our streets to display those fruits Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and as we gather for Sunday I don't know whether we're using this for the full potential of what we do. It's great to, to sing worship, that's great. It's great to hear preaching from the word, that's great but I honestly don't think there's enough stories about what's God's doing in our lives and on our streets and in our households. I think we need to make room for more of that. You know, and I'm not just talking about, oh, you know, I prayed for my neighbor and they became a Christian. Let's wind back a little bit from there and say, do you know what? You know, God gave me an opportunity to be kind to somebody today or this week. God gave me an opportunity to show love to somebody this week. 
if you zoomed in a bit more, and we, um, we have got slides, but they're not very clear on there. We'll do, we'll do it another time. We might not be aware that there's another person who comes to this church, lives just around the corner from us. And if that's true, which it is true, what are we doing about that? As Christians, are we praying with each other? Are we at least walking down our street or our road once a week and just being aware of God and aware of our streets? You know, we did it during COVID, didn't we? And we sort of got more of a bit of a community feel. But it was like it was a strange thing that was happening in the world. But we were becoming more and more aware of our streets. And maybe, maybe we sort of like saw people our neighbours, a little bit more during a time when we couldn't even get close to them. But now we're in a different, we're in a different chapter now. Maybe we can get close to our neighbours. Maybe God's going to put opportunities in our paths as we're praying down our street to start up conversations. Who's got a dog? You have far more conversations with people than the people that don't have a dog. Now, I'm not flogging dogs here. <laughs> so I'm, don't buy a dog if you don't need a dog, okay? But why don't you walk down your street at least once a week with your eyes open and pray? Be aware. God is doing stuff on our streets all the time. God is strategic all the time. The time, and whether you live around the corner from another Christian, or whether you live in the countryside on your own in a farmhouse, walk down, walk down your lane, walk down your road, and be open to God at least once a week. Let's start doing this, because God is alive, God is at work, and God's going to give us opportunities to be kind, to be loving. To be gentle. To share our faith. Yeah, maybe, appropriately, in the right place. But being kind is sharing our faith. But let's also not miss out on that, on that opportunity. We're not saying knock on everybody's door on your street. Because that can be annoying. <laughs> Hello, I'm a Christian. But there might be some occasions where God says, just reach out. Just reach out. That person's poorly. Just go and say, can I get some shopping for you? Or something like that. Let's be aware of what God is doing. You know, some people of other cults put us to shame sometimes with their enthusiasm. That's not always welcome. But let's just be enthusiastic for what God is doing. Let's just be open to what God is doing. You know, during the worship, someone um, wanted to just share a particular passage of Scripture. And um, a couple of, well, a couple of passages from Psalm 119 and from Psalm 19. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And then Psalm 19.10 from a, a Passion Translation, the rarest treasures of life are found in this truth. That's why God's word is prized like others prize the finest gold. Sweeter also than honey are the living words, sweet words dripping from the honeycomb. 
You know, our neighbours live in some pretty hostile environments of stress, of worry, of anxiety, of all sorts of things going on in their lives. Just a kind word from you can be like honey, can be that sweetness. And given in the power of the Holy Spirit, it can have absolutely enormous effects. Like Dan says, this little light of mine, if I had a lighter, I wish I'd brought a lighter along actually. If I had a lighter, I could do all sorts with a lighter. I could light the smallest little tea light. I could burn this whole place down. With our whole lives, God has placed in us his light. And sometimes that might be just a little word of kindness, like a tea light. Sometimes it could set a person completely ablaze for him who never knew him before and has never heard the name of Jesus and God's given each and every one of us that commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. And it's our heart that every single one of us would get the pleasure of sharing Jesus and leading someone to Jesus. If you do it once, you've got confidence to do it again. If you do it twice you realize, wow, God is powerful. If you do it more than that, well, you might have the gift of evangelism. But you know, sometimes we hide it under a bushel. We don't let our light shine. We cringe, we cower away. Oh, I don't know what to say. If they ask me a really hard question, why don't you just say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I know Jesus is real. And let me pray for you. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. Rob's going to come and sing to us now.